Hello everyone, welcome back to Uphill Both Ways. I'm Tess, your host, and I'm super excited to be recording today's episode because I'm in the studio. So hopefully there's some improved audio quality for you guys. I haven't recorded in here before. I've just been doing it on my phone. So hopefully it's a little bit more pleasant. You'll have to let me know. Today I wanted to try and talk about something that I'm really passionate about, which is graphic design. And graphic design is a big field, and I kind of wanted to narrow it down and talk about fonts because I love fonts. I love keeping up with what's new, what's old, what looks good, what companies are using which fonts and things like that. So we're just going to have a little lighthearted chat, and I hope you guys learn something from this because I find the history of this font that we're about to talk about really fascinating, and I'm sure you guys will be able to recognize it because it's pretty big. I'm going to dive into what the craze is all about, why we're so fascinated with it. Before we begin, make sure you're following this podcast on whatever streaming platform you use. Also, make sure to follow me on Instagram at UHBWpodcast, that's UHBWpodcast, and feel free to ask me questions on Twitter at UHBWtweets. I have no followers on Twitter, so I just kind of post out into the abyss, and I know you guys are seeing it. I know there's been some interactions on there. Don't be afraid to hit that follow button. I'll probably follow you back. I want to kick off this episode just by talking about how relevant graphic design is right now. I mean, we process so much media every single day. From the moment we get up, you know, all we see is content. You get up, you scroll on your phone, check all your social media accounts, and there's boom, like content everywhere, you know? There's really no escaping it. So by the time you pour your morning coffee, you've already seen thousands of things and your mind is just racing with all this information and it's hard to keep track of it all. And personally, I don't think our mind is meant to keep track of it all, but that is another maybe future episode. However, when I see content, one of the things I like to keep track of is fonts and who uses them, why they use them, why they get so popular. And the one font that's been in the back of my mind for a while is Futura. Futura is a geometric sans serif typeface, which means it doesn't have those little ornament things on the ends of the letter. Um, It was created by German graphic designer Paul Renner and released in 1927, so it's almost a decade old. It was made as a contribution to the New Frankfurt Project, which was a radical, affordable public housing project. And it's based on the circle, which was consistent with the Bauhaus design style of the period. And that design style put an emphasis on form and function, and it rejected all conventional design ideas. If you look up Bauhaus style on the internet, you're going to find a lot of weird, crazy stuff, like all this weird chairs and weird architecture. So it didn't just apply to fonts. It was a huge art movement. Futura has a near even weight all the way around, which is really different from traditional serif fonts like Times New Roman, which have completely contrasting weights like throughout it because it has those ornaments on the end. So if you're able to, I would recommend looking up Futura and then comparing it to something like Times New Roman, and you're going to see that they're completely different. Using Futura was a clear way to communicate and It represented, and it still represents, modernity, optimism, and simplicity. And when translated from German, it's called the typeface of today and tomorrow. And the Bauer Type Foundry, which was the type foundry who 
own Futura, sold it as the type of the future. And I'll have an Instagram post detailing the visuals if you want to check that out as well. So Futura is the face of Calvin Klein, Nike, FedEx, PayPal, and so many other companies. It has quite the range. So it's also the font that a ton of middle schools and high schools use on the outside of the building. Like they'll use a raised like metal of Futura and it reflects on the brick and it just looks so classic. I also want to point out that Nike's logo is really different from Calvin Klein. You know, Nike's logo is bold, dark, and really condensed. And then if you look at Calvin Klein's logo, it's really light and airy. And you might be wondering why. They're both using Futura, but this is because Futura has a huge font family, which means there's lots of variations in it. I think there's there's probably like 26 different versions or something. I'm probably getting that number wrong. But anyway, it has a ton of different styles. Some are more condensed, some are a heavier weight. It just depends on what look you're going for. For a long time, something called the Fractor typeface, which is spelled F-R-A-K-T-U-R, identified German typography. So similar to calligraphy, Fractor was really jarring, really heavy, has lots of rigid edges, um, and Fractor was everything Futura was not. So if we go back to, let's say, I don't know, like 1936 during the Nazi regime, which is not a great place to be, but we're going to go there anyway. The Nazis thought Futura was a huge problem because it represented forward thinking, and they thought conservatively. So Fractor was synonymous with the official Nazi look because it was a way to classify the Aryan image more easily, and they were trying to promote that. So Hitler and his super racist buds were like, let's put Fractor on all of our propaganda. And I'm sure you've seen a lot of these in like U.S. history class or world history class in school. Um, But you'll notice that the Nazi party shifted in 1941. They all of a sudden decided that Fractor looked too Jewish because it looked too similar to Hebrew. And so from that point on, Fractor was banned and many Nazi documents were printed in Futura. So this might have stained Futura's reputation. It might have stained Futura's reputation, guys. But it was able to bounce back, even in the midst of this awful PR crisis because that's a crisis. If you are associated with the Nazis, that's definitely not a good thing. So Futura is resilient and it has a kind of resilience that most fonts don't have. What made Futura able to bounce back from this is that it was already taking over the world. So during this time, typography choices depended on the actual availability of the physical pieces of type and Futura was widely available. So Not even the Nazis' use of it was enough to get it canceled. Companies loved this font because Futura does two things. It fulfills corporate needs and it fills creative needs at the same time. We copy you down, Eagle. Okay, everybody, T1, stand by, T1. Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. Roger, Twink. Tranquility, we copy you on the ground. You got a bunch of guys about to turn blue. We're breathing again. Thanks a lot. Futura was the first font on the moon. I mean, talk about revolutionary. Someone made that decision. Someone was sitting behind a desk and was like, let's put Futura on the moon. And, uh, you know, imagine if they used Times New Roman. That would, that would communicate something completely different. It just wouldn't have the same effect. So, 
by putting Futura on the Apollo moon landing plaque, it helps convey a sense of forward movement and technological advancement that's consistent with landing on the moon in the first place. It started to gain this reputation. So then we have companies like Volkswagen who use it in their sales brochures from the 70s and 80s. And Volkswagen cars are cars for the people. That's what their brand means. And they're cheap, they're efficient, just like the font they chose, you know. And the early branding of Crayola used it too. So the font pairs well with color due to its high legibility and it has these clean cut lines, but then it also can be used by Nike, which uses Futura to make their brand powerful and visible. So overall, it's just a font that makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you don't need to take a side. It's very unbiased and it's very truthful. By being industrial and aesthetic at the same time, which hails back to the function and form from the Bauhaus design period, Futura has a certain duality to it that is highly desirable. It kind of has the same effect of wearing Dickie's work pants to school with like a tank top instead of a hard hat, you know? Like even when taken out of a construction site context, it's always gonna look timeless on everyone, no matter where you use it. lot of friends who are film majors and you guys might be listening you know who you are let me just um drop some knowledge on you guys i don't know if you've heard of this guy probably not guys probably not his his name's wes anderson you've never heard of him he's really underground um yeah he uses it too it's in a ton of his movies which at this point has become a branding technique and an identifier of his style it's so silly to me how people are obsessed with this new like this new Wes Anderson trend that we're seeing all over social media and it's funny because all you really need to do is like get some clean angles of the shot and then slap on Futura and maybe make it yellow because that's what he does too. His success comes from good imagery and consistent imagery and good type and consistent type. So where does he turn? He turns to Futura. There's also this other guy. Guys you you definitely don't know him. You definitely, his name's Stanley Kubrick, you definitely don't. He also favored Futura, and he used it in a lot of his movies like Space Odyssey and A Clockwork Orange, and I think Eyes Wide Shut too. My point is, if these guys are so underground and so different, why would they choose one of the most popular fonts? It must be too basic for them. Why are they, why are they going for this well-known font? This, this goes against the rules of being so cool and so unique, you know? But even the coolest of cool can't deny the fact that Futura is just that good, so that's why they're using it. Another artist I want to take a look at is Barbara Kruger, who is an amazing designer and thinker in general. She makes um, photo collages, and she puts these really thought-provoking slogans on them, all written in Futura, and she uses usually white letters against a red background, which became so iconic that Supreme actually stole it. So now your gears are probably turning. You're probably like, oh, okay, okay, I know who this is. I really want to highlight her work because her work's incredible. She talks about things like power, sexuality, feminism, and awareness, being aware about the things going on in your society. And I know that a lot of art is hard to explain or interpret sometimes, but Barbara's work is so connected to her words so you know exactly what she's trying to say. 
And not only does she have an eye for design and form, she's a poet. And in order to make her words memorable, she chose a font that has stood the test of time. So not only is Futura a font, but it's also this revolutionary idea. And it's been through so much. And the fact that artists have turned it into an idea rather than just, you know, a font, that's a powerful thing. I'm going to talk about why I like this font. I think it's generally likable and generally not controversial, except for, you know, the whole Nazi thing. But it has the ability to be modern and vintage at the same time, which is very hard to do because you could end up looking tacky if you try and do that. I think the the font family itself is enormous. There's so many options. You can use it in a ton of different weights and a ton of different styles. And it also has this international look, which makes it more unifying and makes it more recognizable from a long distance away. It's easy to read and it always looks authentic. You know, it doesn't look like it's trying too hard, but it looks like you put in effort. So it's always going to be simple and effective, which is the root of good design. You can tell when something is poorly designed when you're like, oh, I noticed that. You're not supposed to notice design. It's supposed to look like it was all planned to be that way. Yeah, it doesn't have these decorative ornaments that serif fonts have, but that's okay because straight to the point it doesn't need them it never looks bad but it always has a higher potential to look better than most fonts when we compare futura to other fonts we can see how fonts contribute to culture for example comic sans comic sans is a font that has broke the internet it's used in memes people make fun of it all the time and i personally think the hate comic sans gets is so unjustified. I love Comic Sans. I support Comic Sans. I think it's an amazing font for what it does. I'm not saying that like it can be used in the same way as Futura, but in first grade, Comic Sans was really helpful for me. My first grade teacher used to print out all our directions in Comic Sans, and that made things really easy to read. So some fonts are useful in different settings. They reflect and affect how we feel about brands and companies, or in this case, how we learn. I do have some questions about Futura because it's not all what it seems. Everything is flawed in some way or another. Well, until I explain why it's literally my favorite font. But for right now, I think we can point out that there are some flaws. I wonder a lot, is it overused or is it always used effectively? because of how inherently good it is. I think it's always effective. I don't think I will ever get tired of it, honestly. And of course, this is this is personal opinion, but this is a font that's almost a decade old, and every time I see it used, I never think twice about it. It just seems so natural when anyone uses it. I'm also thinking, is it really that dependable? And I'm going to say yes. I think about all the different brands who use it. Like, in and out uses it, but so does PayPal. And these are examples of two different brands. One's a little bit more retro and the other is a little bit more modern and it works for both companies. And this leads me to ask, is it a cop-out? Can you just use Futura on any design project and then call it a day just because it's that iconic, just because you know it's gonna be perceived well? I think technically, yeah. Yeah, Futura is definitely a cop-out. I mean. When I do design work for myself or for other people, 
I'm obviously going to make a version with Futura. I know it's going to be good. I don't go for it first every time because I kind of feel guilty. I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe let's pick, maybe let's pick another font test. Like maybe let's not do Futura because people are going to get sick of that. I mean, I don't, but I know other people might. So I understand. I mean, I'd get bored if I saw it absolutely everywhere, even, even though I love it so much because I think we need some variety. When you use Futura, you need to consider that you're not really taking a risk. This is not something new. This is not a revolutionary idea, you know? So there is kind of like a, oh, maybe I shouldn't use Futura. I'm not really being super original. I'm not saying that you can't use it in an original way, but if that's just your go-to every time, we've kind of seen it before. We've seen that look. So sometimes it has me feeling, oh my God, like enough already. You know, I'm seeing this everywhere. But when I catch myself being mad about it, I'm kind of like, Tess, that's the point. It's supposed to be that good. I'm, I'm kind of fine seeing this everywhere. It kind of works for everything. It can be reinvented so many times and fit so many different messages. So it's just super versatile. But I think there's a fine line. I do think there's a fine line between overusing it and then using it on things that you really think it will do well with. I think to conclude, this font ages like a fine wine. It's just simply beautiful. Everyone's relieved when it's used. Everyone can just take a giant exhale. Future is here. There's no second guessing. It's simple, it's clear, and as I mentioned before, it, it might be my favorite font. It, it just might be my favorite font. I think the one reason why is because I'm a sucker for nostalgia and Futura is something that makes us feel nostalgic without actually being nostalgic because it's still used today. It just has such a complex history, so I think the fact that it's still relevant and it's still being used today is absolutely incredible. As always, I hope you were able to relate to this episode or you learned something new. Leave your thoughts in the Q&A. I would love to hear what you guys think. Maybe it's more relevant to you if you see it on social media. Maybe you recognize it from some of your favorite brands. There's no denying that you're seeing it everywhere. So remember to follow me on Instagram at UHBW Podcast and ask me questions on Twitter at UHBW Tweets. Guys, one of you could be my first follower. How cool would that be? That could be you. So I'll see you next time.